So how many more figures before uh, I fill you up so you can give me Rory? Apparently, I have enough room for one more. One more? So I so I need to get you well, two more. Two more, yeah. Two more figures, and then I get Rory. I have to get a Roxy or something. <laughs> what is up, everybody? Happy New Year's, and I hope you all had a fantastic holidays, joining time with your friends and your family. Joining time, having time, spending time. Spending time. Something. something words. Like this is a podcast that words get transferred to people's ears through speakers and earbuds. Is that, it, that that doesn't work so much when you have two jobs. You don't don't ever see your family, but you can listen to lots of podcasts. Yes, at one of my jobs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, again, this is a Taku Spirit, the podcast, anime cast. It's something. It's been a while, so I'm forgetting what this even is. But <laughs> definitely appreciate everybody's patience as we again shift schedules around and get podcasting proper again but we did need to get on here to give our favorites of the 2022 anime year Uh, of course i've done a video already doing my top 10 because i'm having to get the youtube algorithm so spoilers on the youtube channel (laughs) but the cool thing is that here i have to suffer more because chris won't let me change it to top 10 so we're going to do top five again and that makes it even worse because Doing top 10 was absolutely insanely painful. But yes, for usual, what this is, is our Deliberations podcast episode where we go through all of the genres, all of the seasons, all of the characters, and choose who is the best of the best of the best. So, are you ready, Chris? No. Okay, never mind. We're going to wait. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if we can get to a recording in maybe next week or something. So, uh, But no, let's... Um, as usual, we're at talkyspare.com. That's where you can go for all of our links there, social media links, Discord, join the Discord server, spend some time with some great people there, all that good stuff. We also have our Patreon links, our tips links. Um, all that stuff is linked out there. So if you want ways to support us, which we really greatly appreciate. And um, yeah, with that said, let's jump into the best of 2022. We're going to start things off with the, the anime of the year. I'm joking. <laughs> We start off with genres, then we'll go through like some more interesting topics like, you know, you know, shorts, uh, dis- uh, disappointing, most exciting, all that kind of stuff. And then we'll get into the seasonals and then we'll get to the the big one, which is the anime of the year. So as per usual, our usual rules that we apply to our deliberations podcast episodes, or at least all of our top lists, really. We do not allow any uh, anything that is still ongoing into the winter 2023 anime season will not be included because they're still running. Like, so Eminence and Shadows. Um, what was the other one? Uh, t- technically, Blue Lock, I think, is also going into another season to your attorney. Budisei Yatsura, those ones are still running on. So those will not be al- allowed in this set. But the cool thing is that anything that was last year, <laughs> which we were waiting for one... <laughs> Anything that was starting in uh, fall of 2021 that went into winter 2022, those will be included. So, Ranking of Kings. We finally get to give Ranking of Kings credit that we weren't able to do last year. Right. Uh, Also, anything that is ongoing beyond 50 episodes. So, Utawara Mono, uh, Bleach, Overlord, Attack on Titan, um, My Hero Academia technically as well. Those will not be included as well because they're long-running series. We already said that we love them. <laughs> we always love them. Go check them out. All that kind of stuff. Um, and what else? What else is in our rules? We don't. We don't uh, allow American cartoons. Yes. So, 
I don't know why that has to be said, but that is a thing. <laughs> we were like, did you check out Castlevania? Okay. Yeah, we're the we're gonna end up at some point bumping into the issue because I know that that um, everything's made the, in China now. The Manhua thing is is going to become a thing here very soon. Yeah, that, that and the fact that everything's being animated in China now, apparently. So, I think they had like like thousands upon thousands of cuts that Chainsaw Man's last episode had to do, and they were shipping off to China, and it's like that's gonna be the norm because we got like sixty six shows coming next season, and they're not animating it in Japan, so. It's the unfortunate thing, but I don't think that's much of a deal. As long as I, I think, not, as long it, as the key artists and the directors and everybody's still Japan, I don't think it's a. It's not necessarily a Chinese show. It's just they do the in betweens typically. Yeah, that's that that that's pretty much my my stance is because I I don't necessarily have a problem with Manwas being adapted. Um, even even Ruby, I mean, we we technically we were we blocked that one off with the idea of it being. Um, yes, it, we acknowledged that it was anime in, um, style, but it wasn't technically an anime because it was done in the West. But when, it, when Shaft did it technically, that's where it pretty much crossed over the line. So and whether or not it made it is, is irrelevant, but it, it technically we would be considering it. That was a thing. Ruby Shaft was a thing. <laughs> <laughs> forget about it i was super excited about that too oh <laughs> uh, i think that ended up in the, the most disappointed list mm-hmm. but anyhow that's all the rules so i probably missed something so i'll probably let people know later on when they're going why is this this thing and i'm like okay well it's this but uh yeah that's typically our rules it's how we do things it's the best way that we found of doing this to keep things consistent so bear with it um but yeah we should get started. There's always somebody who's mad about the fact that we don't allow things from fall to go. Oh, there is one more rule, and this is new for this year. Oh, yeah? I've done this joke on the YouTube channel, so anybody that watch, watches my YouTube I, videos, I, they, I veto it. They'll, <laughs> they'll probably say you did that joke already, but the podcast listeners got to get this joke, too. And I'm saying that, and it's ruining the joke. Yes, since Crunchyroll is now going to be doing their awards based on nominations from fall 2021 to summer 2022 meaning anything that's in fall of this year is not going to be included in the anime awards we're going to do that too so everything Mushoku Tensei wins everything <laughs> everything because Mushoku Tensei was part two in fall it's a stupid rule just delay when you do it if you need more time uh anyways I'm not gonna I'm not gonna beat Crunchyroll anime awards to death again I, I had an entire live stream where I did that <laughs> So let's get started. Yeah, but nobody's heard me be- bash him. That is true. So we can use that as an excuse from for us to talk about it again. <laughs> we'll do, another, we'll do a whole another podcast video. We'll do that. But now we get we get started. We are like eight minutes in, and we haven't even started yet. Let's start off. We we we're kicking things off with a bang, literally, because we're going right into action. So the best action of the year, twenty twenty two. Um, it is important to note that typically, whenever we do these genres, it's not necessarily that. What's the best show that has action in the genres? Because pretty much everything has has action in it. So we're kind of going for, if somebody is looking for action, this is a show that's going to give them their fill. Not necessarily that, again, we're looking for, we look at our Mal list and go, okay, what's the top rated one that we have in there? It has action in there, so it's obviously an action show. Um, Some of these shows are not really too 
action-filled. I mean, like something, uh, a good example is Shadow House. I don't necessarily consider that an action show because it has like maybe one or two action scenes, <laughs> but they'll probably have action in there. Um, but no, we have uh, the contestants I have in here, unless Chris thinks of something I missed, Demon Slayer, Afretta, Case Study Vanitas, Princess Connect, Girls Frontline, Mushoku Tensei, Edis the Goblin Slayer, Rankin of Kings, Rise of Shield Hero, Spike's Family, I'm Quitting Heroing, Skull, uh, Skeleton Knight in Another World, Trap the Dating Sim, All Worlds, uh, The World of Tommy Game is Tough for Mobs, Executioner Way of Life, Dawn of the Witch, In the Heart of Konichi Sabaki, Vampire in the Garden, <laughs> Spriggan, Licorice Coil, Engage Kiss, Maiden Abyss, Tokyo Mew Mew, Cyberpunk, that's a big one, Summertime Render, Chainsaw Man, Mob Psycho, Reincarnate as a Sword, Gun and Witch for Mercury, Arc Knights, Prelude Dawn, and Love Love. That's going to be the longest one. I'm not going to name off. <laughs> as we go through these genres, they're, they're not going to be that long, so don't worry about it. But, yeah, that, the, see, there's a there's a, there's an issue where I already that I'm running into with the whole aspect of trying to make sure it's pretty, like, action-focused. Summertime Render is a really excellent show, but not much, much, not much in the action department. So that's a good example right there of that whole thing. Where something like Cyberpunk Edge Runner, yes, you're going to have a lot of action scenes in it, so... So, so yeah, you're already kind of going the same route I am. <laughs> you are already going the same route I am. Yeah, see, that's the thing with, like, Demon Slayer Entertainment District arc. Easily their weakest season. I mean, they technically have one season in a movie, but their weakest segment because, like, holy crap, half of it was just, what are we doing? <laughs> but when it kicks up, it's literally six episodes straight of crazy action. So, it... it it makes up for it. it. It definitely makes up for it. I think I'm only going to have one that's probably not going to be in your list. Now, this is this is actually a year where there's a lot of really good action shows. Like, the show itself is good with action. So that's that's a good thing. Which one? Chainsaw? Because Chainsaw is the one that I'm I'm considering putting in there just because of what I've seen of it. No, I was thinking Vanitas because I know you didn't get a chance to watch that one. And I might drop Vanitas because it... I don't know. It's like... I guess it's about the same... It's got about the same amount as Chainsaw Man because Vanitas doesn't really... It has segments where it kicks up. But yeah, if... It, it, no matter if I have any issue whatsoever with Chainsaw Man... You can't deny that if somebody is looking for action, they are going to probably love Chainsaw Man. It is literally an action show. It's an action shonen show. Mm, it's actually harder than I thought it would be. Well, as I'm standing here right now... You're sitting, actually. He's actually sitting. Don't let him fake you out, guys. Since I'm floating in the air... <laughs> That you could be. I, I can't see in where you're if you're actually hitting the chair. Um, I because I think that most everything else in the list. I mean, maybe Girls Frontline, but I I don't think that that was. I wasn't as impressed with their action scenes as you would think. But I'll just toss it in there. Um, do I want Cyberpunk or Licorice Recoil as my top? I'm actually struggling with even putting Demon Slayer in the list. Because I think I have something... What, what was the other one that I was... Engage Kiss was really good for action. Mmm. This, is, this isn't going to be easy. 
even Love Love's second season or part two was really solid as well. But it took like half the like it only had like two or three episodes of like solid action. So maybe that kind of outs it. Ranking of Kings as well had some crazy action at the end. But if you think about it, it's not. It's got like four or five really incredible action scenes throughout two whole cores. So I don't know that I can call it uh, action. It's I'm going to probably put that more in adventure and fantasy maybe. Ooh, and Princess Connect, that was the other one that I was thinking about. Shoot. Yeah, sorry. Demon Slayer, I think, is going to get the axe. No, I need to... Mm, Vinytas or Demon Slayer? I... That's tough. I'm 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 pretty comfortable with where, where my list sits. Um, I knowing full well that I've not watched as many of these as Andrew has, so take that into consideration. Um, I I do think that Cyberpunk was absolutely fantastic, so I'm going to go ahead and toss that on the first spot. Um, Licorice Recoil is the only one that I would say is probably in the area where I could go both ways. So. I would say Licorice Recoil and Cyberpunk are pretty much a tie for first place, in my opinion. Um, Princess Connect, I remember one of the episodes at, at the end of it coming into Andrew and going, look, they, they, they just went, here, let me show you something, one, one episode. And it was like, I, they're just showing off at this point. I, they went full on crazy uh with some of the action scenes in that that particular episode so there's a lot of and and that's not that's not the end that was at the beginning they were still holding that that level of pretty much um action just full-on um sakuga all the way through in a lot of those episodes um so i was very much impressed with the 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 action in in princess connect uh, Demon Slayer is another one where it, it, they just were going nuts with some of the action scenes. Like Andrew was talking uh, nearly six episodes straight of just insane action all the way through those last few episodes. Um, and, and then I pretty much put Girls Frontline because that's the only one that's left of the shows that I have watched this season that I could say is an action scene. So that one could fall off very easily if something else was better was to present itself. That's why I was just, uh, even though technically I haven't watched Chainsaw Man, what I have seen of it, there was some fantastic action scenes. So Maiden Abyss too. Ugh, this is a tough year. Like I didn't think action was going to be that tough. Everything's probably going to be very tough to go through this year. <laughs> like I said, the my top ten when I did that video was is was a pain. Yeah, Thomas. Um, Fopta uh, going nuts. Fopta, yeah, it was crazy. There, that there was, was a long some crazy segment. stuff in there. Mm. And there was some very impressive. I mean, yeah, I guess I could probably put that in 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 front of. Like I said, I mean, that's how easy I could knock Girls Frontline off of it. I just the Girls Frontline action yes um is it impressive action no uh, that's why i mentioned specifically the sakuga and like princess connect and stuff like that there's some really fantastic action scenes with that sakuga which just puts it over the top as far as what you want to see yeah that's like my struggle with like arc knights arc knights was an incredible show but it wasn't visually action like it had some really good scenes here and there like especially early on there was some really incredible action scenes but for the most part it was more artistic choice than really kind of showing you action so that's what kind of ruins that for me 
I'm kind of in the middle between K-State Vinatos and Liquid Sequoia, honestly, because I think, if I think about it, Liquid Sequoia doesn't really have too many action scenes. There was a couple episodes where they didn't even have any action at all. Um, early on, the action scenes were really good. So I'm thinking of actually replacing that with Vanitas. It's tough. It is really tough. It is really, really tough. This whole thing sucks. <laughs> like, we even still have Spike's family, which, again, Spike's family doesn't always do action. It's very it's very off and on when it wants to do it. Konichi Sabaki was really good as well. And then you have things like that are just dumb action, like Spriggan, which I would highly suggest as well. Vampire in the Garden was great, too. This is a tough one, dude. This is our first one, and I'm already, I'm already struggling. I'm gonna leave it. I'm gonna leave it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stick with it. So I have my number one. I should probably start from the bottom. You, you did the same thing. You did this. You did it last time too, didn't you? We would always start from the first. You just spoil everything. You gotta build up, Chris. <laughs> Five. I have Licorice Coil. Like I said, when it has action, it's really, really good. And they, get, they went pretty heavy on it early on. There was maybe a one episode where they didn't have any action. Actually, no, I don't. Th- I think they had. They maybe have had one episode with no action, but most most of the time the action was really good. The reason why I like the action in Lucas Coil, it's a very character driven show. Don't get me wrong, it's very character driven, but the action scenes themselves are very very clever. It's something you don't see often in shows that have you know like guns and stuff. Typically, it's just people in cover and they're shooting around it. This one's very clever with having characters. Dodging bullets, yes. <laughs> Taking cover behind briefcase, flanking characters, kicking grenades into doors, and, and using the the pressure of the door to knock somebody out. Like, it's very clever with its action. And that's what makes it stand out from everything else. Uh, Demon Slayer, as much as I had an issue with, like, literally half of that season, you can't deny it was six, I think it was literally six straight episodes of pure action. Again, very... Nicely choreographed action. The animation was just insane. Not a great story, in my opinion. Not a crazy blow-your-mind type of constant get you. But when it started up, it didn't let go. Princess Connect Redive, I'll put my three. Which, yes, like Chris mentioned before. Season one was Konosuba, basically. It was hilarious. And then season two, they're like, oh yeah, by the way, we gotta do this whole thing with... <laughs> With Pekko. Pekko's got an issue here, and Kairu's got to get involved as well. We got to get to that whole story, so it is it went nuts. Like, animation, and even, like, the, the earlier segments, if you want to call it action, having the, the idol group do their dance performance, all 2D drawn. I don't... I was trying to think of it the other day when I was doing my tier list on live stream. I was like, I was trying to remember if they ever used CGI. If they did at any point, I missed it. Because that they did an incredible job with just, yeah, straight animation. So, crazy anima- uh, <laughs> advertisement for their product, honestly. <laughs> I think I actually started pre-con, pre-con right after that series ended. Um, but really good. Really love it. Uh, number two, I got Cyberpunk Edge Runners, which, again, I, I, I said on my live stream that Cyberpunk Edge Runners is basically a perfect show. I didn't have it in my one of my... Um, did I have... I think I had it in that season. I didn't have another top list, and people were kind of questioning. I'm like... Cyberpunk Edge Runner is one of those shows where it's perfect, but it's not a favorite. It's just like uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. It's perfect. It's not a favorite. It Style, was, everything. It was actually funny. I was talking about um, just different shows recently on Netflix, and um, I asked the person if they watched anime, and I, and uh, they said, yeah. And I, I mentioned one of my favorites of the year is Cyberpunk's. 
I mean, it's it. it Do they was, watch it? I don't know. I, I'll find out soon. I'll find out soon. Got to um, Chris over here converting people. It, it it literally was. I was very much. I was so happy that I went went through and watched that show. It, it, I'm just I, happy it turned out as good as it did. It did. It, like, it, I, I mean, it, enough that I went and bought the stupid game. I mean, whether or not I like the game is irrelevant. But I I did really. I really really loved that show. Yep yep yep. And oh yeah, by the way, my number one. <laughs> I guess I should do my number one. I, I honestly think Cyberpunk might take my own number one. I'm very mixed. I'm, I'm These two can be interchanged. But yes, Chainsaw Man, I'll have my number one. I think it's just Chainsaw Man I can see more people broadly enjoying. Um, actually, Cyberpunk technically is more broadly acceptable. It's, but I think in the anime fandom, I think Chainsaw is probably going to be more acceptable. C- Cyberpunk oozes style. Yeah. Uh, uh, Chainsaw Man, to me, and this is to me personally, it 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 rides that edgy Trail. It was Edge Boy all the way. I mean, <laughs> Edge Boy all the way. That's why the only people yelling at me in my comments is Edge Boys. <laughs> they got they got XX Dark X something XX in their name for their username. Um, anyways, Cyberpunk Edge or <laughs> in your list now. Chainsaw Man, I'll put my number one. That's fine. Um, was really good. I I was very honestly surprised by how much I enjoyed Chainsaw Man and. It's it's a lot to do with the fact that when it when I came into it I expected it to be hype, but I was pleasantly surprised by my enjoyment of it. I still think Denji, a lot of the out further out shots of him, it, it the CGI looks way too obvious and it looks super dorky. But overall, a lot of the shots and the action scenes were really great. It's about Makima, let's be honest. <laughs> Makima made the best scenes. Uh but yeah. There we go. We'll we'll go with that. Let's move on to adventure. Adventuring into the adventure. We already know what's number one. It's that's that's easy. Already got number one. Bam, done. I think, unless I'm missing something. Oh, Ranking of Kings too. Ranking of Kings is like half adventure. Would you say? It's like half adventure. It's half adventure and half. No, I'd put put that full on adventure. I think it's full on. And then we have Edis the Goblin Slayer. Mmm. Yes, we do have Mashuko this year. It was an OVA, and we're counting it. Sue me. No, actually, don't sue me, because I don't have any money to be sued. <laughs> we have, oh, so I, I didn't go through the list. So Princess Connect Redive um, 2, by the way. Savakui Bisco, In the Land of Ladale, Mashuko Tensei, Goblin Slayer, um, Rank of the Kings, Rise of the Shield Hero, Skeleton of Night, Another World, Executioner Wave Life, Dawn of the Witch, My Sekai Life. I just threw that in there. I don't know why. Made in Abyss 2, three <laughs> card as a sword, and Management of Novus Alchemist. I'm sorry, I, I gotta get I gotta get some Fraun in here. I don't know if I can fit it, but I think I'm gonna get some Fraun in here. I don't know if I call I'm struggling with Executioner Way of Life as an adventure. I guess it is because they're they're constantly traveling. And it's a lot to do with discovery. I think I think I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go with it. I'm gonna go with it. I think I'm gonna go with it. That's fine. I think that's pretty much my list. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm debating on Execution Wave Life, Reincarnate as a Sword, Mushoku Tensei, Ranking of Kings, and Maiden Abyss. And I think that's pretty much the order that I want to do it in. So spoilers. Yeah, I'm going to go with that. That actually feels really good. I'm going to go for Adventure number five is The Executioner and a Way of Life. Really incredible show. I need a second season so bad exploring that world was super fascinating 
and I love the concept of a reverse isekai, kind of, not really reverse isekai, the idea of following the people in the world of the isekais and how they don't want them there. <laughs> Four, I got reincarnated as, as a sword. I love Fran and her adventures, getting stronger and d- dungeon diving and just getting skills and yelling Sugoi Shisho. It's, it's adorable. I love it. Every episode, I treasured that show. So glad it's getting a second season. Um, number three, I have Mushoku Tensei, Jabba's Reincarnation, Edis the Goblin Slayer. It's a really, really solid OVA. Even though now that I've read the night novel, I'm that kind of person that goes, actually, it wasn't supposed to be like that. <laughs> actually, Richard wasn't there. Um, even, despite that, I, I still love it. Just watching Edis destroy things was was amazing. Um, number two, I got Rankin of Kings, which was absolutely fantastic. Again, like, most of that show is the epitome of an adventure. I, I love it to death. Boji, forever. And then my number one, I have Maiden Abyss, second season, which... That, like, Maiden Abyss is the epitome of what I love of adventure. It is discovery. It is seeking the unknown. It is traveling through perilous things that, of that, that you just don't know what's around the corner. And it just nails it. Like, everything in that show just... Just put it in the dictionary next to adventure, in my opinion. <laughs> that's that's my opinion. So, all right, I've pretty got... much the same, just different order. Huh. Sorry, spoiler. <laughs> spoiler for Chris's. All right, I've got um, number five. I've got uh, reincarnated as a sword. I think that they they do very solidly with the whole exploring the world while at the same time continuing on a. Um, it, it does have a goal in that being that Fran has wants to evolve. Um, but that, that goal is very kind of almost frivolous. It's, it's not as a consequence for their ultimate quest. And so there, that's, that's one of the main reasons why, as far as an adventure, that one is probably the hardest one to kind of categorize. But otherwise, it, it it does a fantastic job of doing what it wants with the the action scenes involved in and the exploring. So it, it does a very solid job on that. Um, with uh, with Edis, uh, the Goblin Slayer, it's a part of the bigger um, story. So as far as an adventure is concerned, it, uh, Mushiko Tensei is absolutely one of the tops in in my opinion especially with the exploring the world having the ultimate goal of um getting getting home for that particular section um so yeah it absolutely fantastic story um executioner and her way of life um they 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 do very well with um world building and all that stuff and uh and having the ultimate goal of getting to this one place where they're going to deal with a, a situation that I don't really want to get into for spoilers. Um, taking her there to kill her. It's, it's in the yes, like third fine. episode. Um, <laughs> or actually the second, no, the first episode, I think it was. Um, the ranking of Kings. Um, absolutely. We, we, we were screaming from the rooftops that everybody needed to check that out. So I make no, no bones about my love for the, for Bochi and, or Bochi and all that. So yeah, fantastic. Bochi too. Bochi, Bochi. We're talking about Bochi right now. Yeah. I'll, I'll ship the two of them. (laughs) Um, (laughs) and then, uh, my number one is of course made in the abyss too. I, I, after this season, I'm never watching it again. Uh, that's right. Cause it's caught up. So (laughs) it's going to be like, 
three, 20 years before we see any more. Yeah, there you go. That's, that's, that's adventure. Let's move on to fantasy. Uh, we do have quite a bit in fantasy. Uh, the key ones I'd probably say is like Demon Slayer, Vanitas, uh, Princess Connect, Ladale, Bushoko, Rankin of Kings, Rise of Shield Hero, I'm Quitting Heroing, Skeleton Knight, Trapped in Dating Sim, Sentence of Bookworm, Executioner Way of Life, Healer Girl, Dawn of the Witch, Mighty Sekai Life, Vermil and Gold, Harem and Labyrinth of Another World. Chris can finally put it in the list. Well, you're going to have Harem too. <laughs> We're gonna. We're from this point on. We will try to take note of how many times Chris puts *Harem and Labyrinth* in another world in one of his lists. Uh, *Maiden Abyss*, *Black Summoner*, *Parallel World Pharmacy*, *The Devil's Part Timer*, two *Reincarnated Sword*, *Beast Tamer*, and *Arc Knights*. Hey, it's got magic in there. Why not? I don't know. Um, I guess technically, yeah, we'll go with that. I I have to. This this has got right off the bat. I, I can't not put that over the top. So just to put it there so it's safe. I have my number one safe in its place. Um, Again, I'll put that in there as well. Beyond that point, I don't know. Are people going to get mad at me if I put Arknights in a fantasy area? Let's see. Let's see what Mal says. Yeah. Mal says it's okay, so we're okay. <laughs> um, technically, a lot of the, the fantasy element is a lot of the more broader world building, besides the politics itself. So I'll, I'll put that on the back burner. This is a, this is one of those cases where it almost feels like we were such heavy fantasy action shows that it's going to feel like a lot of this is going to be my action list, and I'm trying not to. Not actively trying not to. I'm just I'm keeping that in mind. <laughs> We all know Black Summer was the best fantasy show in the year. I almost want to put Quitting Heroing in this. I, I, need, I need to give it some recognition. And that's probably the best place for it to be. Mm. Even though you could probably say drama as well. I guess. Just a heavy character moment. I don't know if that's technically drama. I love the... I think in fantasy area, I really get stuck on, like, the overall elements of the world itself. And things like Executioner Way of Life, I'm Quitting Heroing, really gets into my skin with this particular area. This is a tough one, too. I think, I think that's good. Let me check the list one more time. I think Dawn of the Witch is really solid fantasy, too. Really solid. I just hate the main character. <laughs> I can just hate the main character so much. Uh, and Healer Girl was good too. I don't know if there's anywhere else you could put Healer Girl. I guess cute girls doing cute things. And Made in Abyss. Shoot. No, I think I'm good. I think I'm good. I'm going to go with number five. I'm quitting heroing. Really fantastic world. Um, it's one of those shows where it kind of starts off very doofy being the idea that the hero gets kicked out of the humans and then goes and rejoins the demon army that he just destroyed, helps each one of the generals with their their problems. But then at some point, it just gets super cool. Like, it just takes takes the concept of a dejected hero and really runs off somewhere really cool with it. So I was very much surprised by it. I still, to this day, feel like the ending was... <sighs> 
it didn't nail it. Like it, it had an opportunity to really nail something cool and they kind of dropped the ball, but it doesn't take away from the fact that it was a really interesting way of looking at the hero and stuff, looking at an OP hero, um, really twisting up the, the formula of the OP hero. Number four, Executioner Wave Life. Kind of hit on that one already. Really enjoy that series. It's, it's badly needs a sequel. So bad. I love the world and all that kind of stuff. The magics and all that kind of stuff. Uh, number three, Rank of the Kings. Again, it's a perfect show. Love it to death. Number two, Princess Connect Redive. If you're looking for fantasy, it's it's it. It is it. It is through and core and core, through and through. Uh, and number one, Ascendance of Bookworm. I think I've talked about the show too much that people are are turning into a joke at this point, but I just love the world of a sentence of bookworm. I love the characters. Um, and yes, technically with this particular season, um, got much more fantasy in it than typically with it, which typically like early on, it felt very slice of life. If anything, Isekai. So there you go. That's my list. On my list. I've got number five is ranking of Kings. Um, I, I absolutely love the world that they built there. Um, kind of giving it that whimsical feel in while it's still um, exploring Bo, uh, Boji, and, Boji and all the other characters involved in that. Um, and the, the world building in that, that, that show or that story is absolutely phenomenal. Um, every character is, gets a lot of love. Um, whether you dislike them at the beginning, they, they get some kind of twist in there to make it to where you, you realize how important that character is. I absolutely love it. Um, executioner in a way of life. Um, I think this is one of those that they do a really fantastic job of, um, incorporating the world into, um, the goals of the characters. So uh, I, and, and that's one of the, the, the strongest suits of this, that, that story that I, I found out of all of them. Um, parallel world, uh, pharmacy, they, they, this one was another one that actually did something kind of interesting uh, with the um, bringing their past or their other life into the new world and and making that their core goal and using that to explore the new world. So while you're 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 getting inf- uh, interesting tidbits of the pharmaceutical uh, world, you're at the same time learning how that's incorporated into his new life. Um, Ascendance of the Bookworm, of course, we we've we love uh, mine and and that story. Mine. So it's easy, easy to to put that in, really high in our list. And um, Made in the Abyss as well is absolutely fantastic. Um, no, I'm not going to watch it anymore. I, I'm going to keep beating that joke to. because that, that's that's my joke. You don't have to. Uh, moving on to drama, we weren't, didn't really have too much drama this year. I mean, I'm looking through the the list that I kind of just threw in there, and they're not really that drama heavy. Like we have just, yeah, you, it just, I just didn't, it just kind of flowed over there. I, you're selecting empty block, but anyways, <laughs> I'm taking note of where he's clicking. I'm sorry. Uh, we have the Genius Princess Guide to Raising a Nation Out of Debt. Uh, Akebi's Akebi's Sailor Uniform, Slow Loop, Ranking of Kings Two. Or, well, technically the whole thing. Um, I'm quitting Heroing, Dance Dance Censor, Prima Doll, Classroom Elite 2, Maiden Abyss 2, My Stepmom's Daughter is My Ex, Yakuza's Guide to Babysitting, Awashi, and Summertime Render. Like, it, it feels like the only ones in there that's really kind of true drama would probably be Prima Doll 
that's really it. <laughs> like, everything else is very subtle drama, if anything. So that's a tough one. Um, I guess Prima Doll wins, but what else do you think would really be in that realm of, of drama, in your opinion? Made in the VS. I mean, if if I'm giving summertime rendering anything, it's drama. Yeah, or supernatural mystery. But yeah. So yeah, I would keep that in mind. But I I, I guess like just based on what little drama each one gets, um, I put some Awashi in here as well. I did really appreciate the more heavier tone moments of that show. Like it gets really good. Um, and he, that's even the case with Akabe, 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 I don't know why I'm, I'm st- ever since we, Akiba Sailor, or Akiba Maid War came out, I keep wanting to say Ak- Akabe, Akiba Sailor Uniform, it's Akabe. But anyways, um, yeah, it's class, if I'm going to give classroom really anything, it's going to be drama. Yeah, right? <laughs> I forgot about that one. Um, and I guess technically Dantan Sensor has some pretty solid drama beats as well, so... Yeah, I guess it's kind of like weighing how much, or and, and technically how good as well. I think each one of these equally, when it does get drama beats, it doesn't... We didn't really get much melodrama this year, which I'm super happy about. Like, we got a bunch of really solid slice of lives that didn't have melodrama in it, and I always appreciate that. But I think I think that's... Um, like I said, I'm I'm gonna move up. Even though I have some issues with classroom, really, I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely give that its due because when it hits with the drama, it's obviously going for that. It's pretty heavy. I think that's good. Yeah, let me let me move these two, and then I'll be good. I'm gonna move these two, and I'll be good. Anything else? I'm gonna look over the list one more time. Yeah, and when Made in Abyss got to those points, I, 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 I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with you on that one. I, I think, I think when Made in Abyss gets very into the drama, it's super freaking heavy. It is super heavy. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. So I got for drama, for Andrew. I don't know. Some people don't know our voices, so I'll, I'll try to make sure to say Andrew every now and then. Um, five. I have Made in Abyss second season. Really, like I said, kind of alluded to earlier. When it gets drama heavy, it's really heavy it's really heavy like we're really getting to the mind and the conflicts of the characters themselves because it's a really screwed up world <laughs> or at least it's a screwed up hole <laughs> abyss <laughs> everything in there's screwed up and there's a lot of moral conflicts in there um so yeah made abyss second season really did hit number four i got dan 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 i will say um actually i'm gonna switch those two screw dan suits dan I'm gonna put Dance 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 here as my five. It 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 had a couple points where it hit, and when it hit, it was heavy as well. You have the aspect of him choosing what kind of style he wanted to go with, and then later on getting into the segments where, yes, having characters be mentally traumatized and almost broken in a sense from their their upbringing. Um, so it definitely did get heavy with the characters and their family and their relationships and their upbringings. And then I'm gonna put number four as Made in Abyss because again, I think that's a lot more heavier in those subjects. Number three, I got Aoashi. Really fantastic. When they had the... Aoashi is a, a case of a, a sports show that is about the characters. And I love sports shows that are more about the characters than the than the sport itself. And I, and I think what really impressed me the most is, yeah, early on with the mother and her essentially dedicating herself to help him, it was super, super heartwarming and really got to me very much so emotionally. Um, but then there was like a turning point in the character's mom, uh, life about halfway through the series, there's like a, a peak point where 
almost like everything that he's worked on, everything that he's shoot uh, went for, all of his goals, all of his dreams just gets completely shattered. And how they managed to kind of essentially transition that that life, I thought was absolutely incredible. And then you have that moment where you realize that the people that you think are against him are actually for him, and it just completely it break it broke me. <laughs> it actually broke me. Um, it was really good, really good sports show. Um, number two, like I said, classroom elite. If I'm going to give it anything, it's going to be drama. Um, I'm not, it's not my cup of tea. Um, it's very frustrating to me. I understand it from a writer's writing perspective. It makes sense. And I give them credit for willing to go into dark places. I always like it whenever writers don't hold themselves back. And, um, it, it's drama. <laughs> and then number one, I have Prima Doll, um, is basically key, key studio doing more. Here's cute characters. And by the way, world sucks. And, you're going to cry a little bit. I, I argued when I reviewed and, and covered that show that I think that they didn't spend enough time to really let the characters set for a little bit before they get into their stories. Instead, they were kind of trying to knock them out per episode, and I felt like that kind of took a little bit from it, but it, still, it was still a solid key property title, so... Um, on my list, I've got, um, as number five, I've got Yakuza uh, Guide to Babysitting. This one, this one's a little bit more of an um, interesting tidbit, more on the lines of the drama was actually not its forefront. That's why it's so low on my list. It, the, the, that story was more about the heart touch moments. And this one had a lot of those contrast the drama points beats being more kind of the contrast to make the characters more endearing to you and but those drama points were absolutely fantastic they were really good moments of oh i get it and 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 that helps you to kind of um empathize with those characters and and try to uh, find find those characters to be more endearing to you. And I, I think that a lot of those moments were really fantastically done. Um, like I said earlier, if I give Summertime Rendering anything, it would be drama. They have some really good moral dilemmas in there in a lot of situations and and kind of um, pushing forward this, this kind of idea of... Um, loss and what what kind of things you need to balance when you're going into these ultimate goals um third (laughs) stand her um she got some information for your list (laughs) um on the on my number three i've got dance dance just dancer um absolutely fantastic character moments and a lot of those those uh the the driving forward of the the story and uh, choosing your goals, choosing your actual um, life path per se, and and things that you want to do. Um, number two, I've got Ranking of Kings. I think that they did fantastic with character moments and drama beats, and and a lot of those um, exploring the characters and all that. I think it, they did fantastic. Made in the Abyss, like Andrew had mentioned earlier, um, they that's another one where they ca- captured these these character moments and um, the the dilemmas of what what is particularly in this season what is what is valuable to you and everything like that and and how valuable is 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 your quote unquote family if you want to call it that um, yeah I I think that that one was absolutely fantastic. Still not going to watch it again. I forgot. Love flops, Chris. 
the drama of the year. Um, <laughs> yes, uh, absolutely <laughs> phenomenal. Um, oh, the uh, understanding gosh. the the cupping and um, holding and and gripping of the. What about what about <laughs> love of kill too? Gosh, we're missing so many very important ones. Call of Night technically can get in there as well, but I don't think it was that heavy. No, I wouldn't. It was put it very in there. surface level for a reason. So, Anyways. but it does have some interesting thought. Yeah, thought provoking stuff. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Romantic Killer got pretty drama heavy towards later part too. But again, that's like like almost all of it's not. I don't know. There you go. We're going to forget stuff. It's fine. There's a lot of stuff. And sometimes, again, like I said, everything's kind of just labeled really dumbly in a lot of databases. So, all right. Sci-fi mecha. Super interesting category this year because I don't think we did it very well last year. Obviously, Worlds in Harem was the best sci-fi mecha show. And this means, yes, it doesn't have to have mecha. It's just sci-fi slash mecha. So, <laughs> Worlds in Harem wins, right? Uh, no, we have Worlds in Harem, Girls Frontline, Orbital Children, uh, Trapped in a Dating Sim, The World of Atomic Games is Tough for Mobs, Prima Doll, Spriggan, Cyberpunk, Edge Runners, Gundam, The Witch from Mercury, and Mov Love Alternative Second Season. Like I said, really, really solid year of sci-fi mecha. And again, it feels like sci-fi in general just isn't hanging around much anymore. <laughs> but no, I, I think I already have like three's already taken pretty darn quickly for this one this is a seemingly easy one question mark mm, that's a tough one there's like two that are fighting with each other really badly yeah i guess i mean i have my five really easy but it's it's a difficulty in which ones beat which ones that is the tough question mark yeah i think i think that's good I have my number five is Prima Doll. Really solid sci-fi. I mean, it, it does kind of go in that whole realm of what is what is a human um, AI with human emotions, that kind of stuff, which is always kind of a yes, a very a very played out scenario in a lot of, especially anime and um, other source material from Japan. Japan, but it's still a cool one to get into. It, it is still cool to to at least have a story where. You have that conflict with with these are technically robots. Why am I crying? Oh, because they're cute moe girls, and so they make you cry really easily. <laughs> but I think what the core aspect is they got more into aspects of like you know corruption in in their their databases and stuff, and so it it has this, has these issues with retaining memories and how that affects human lives around them. That stuff is always kind of interesting. So it did a pretty solid job of, of presenting a really cool. And in some cases, unique story with the aspect of sci-fi and androids and stuff. Um, my number four, I got Orbital Children. Really solid. I love the writer behind this series, which did Dino Coil. I think Dino Coil is a fantastic series. He always does a really good job of kind of believable futuristic stuff. Uh, very sci-fi and all that kind of stuff. It was a really solid little fun trapped in a space uh, hotel kind of thing. So <laughs> I enjoyed it. Was it 86 we skipped that because it was last year? Yeah, there's two episodes. The final two episodes air this year, and so it's a struggle if we want to add it or not. I mean, I'm not going to get it against you if you do. I mean, it's a... I, I talked it to death last year, so I figured it, it got its due. <laughs> but it was a really incredible last two episodes, let's be darn sure. 
Um, I mean, that would be an easy number one for me if if we do include it. So, yeah, eighty six, really fantastic series. It, it's 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 going to have the same problem as Uncle from Another World has. We have way too many shows lately that these com- these studios are just falling apart before the end, and they're getting delayed several seasons. So, anyways, uh, got a much for Mercury number number three. Really fantastic series. I'm really enjoying it. Um, really fun little different take on the Gundam franchise, and I think it's a really refreshing take on it. Great characters, great political intrigue, and yes, Mecha, which we, don't again, don't get into much of anymore. Uh, number two, Muvel of Alternatives, season two. I know I'm putting Muvel of above Gundam. The reason why is because Gundam, I think, is not quite to its peak point in the story. Uh, Gundam is typically always a slow burn. Um, I'm sure that once we get into the second core it's probably gonna really start getting crazy or heck this delayed last episode could be really incredible and i'm gonna kick myself for not putting above Muv love so but no i, I love Muv love alternative i i've seen some criticism from other content creators about it being confusing i've never had a problem understanding the story even though i have not watched the visual novels for the previous stuff um it's it's always been really solid love the character moments the drama all that kind of stuff and yes the mecha fights are really freaking phenomenal. And it takes a while to get to them, but like this whole last battle in part two was super amazingly done. Like we had this whole like first person perspective mecha going around slicing up aliens and it was it was really incredible. So love it. And I love I love the aspects of the sci-fi around the characters and yes yeah, a little bit of supernatural, but it's incredible. And then my number one obviously Cyberpunk Edge Runners. I, I <laughs> there's there's nothing else this year that's gonna beat Cyberpunk. I know people claim that cyberpunk's not sci-fi it's it's sci-fi i don't know what you're talking about um but no it's it's incredible really cool tech and all that kind of stuff i mean it's the cyberpunk world it's nothing that they're creating specifically but they realized it um even though cyberpunk itself is not original this is a well i mean the game that's not a original original concept it's been around for a long time the board game whatever but they realized it they took it and they put it into a visual medium perfectly so I love it. Yeah, um, I, I'm I'm kind of uh, restricting myself as I've only got about three of this list that I've actually watched. Um, so I'm restricting myself to those three. Two of those I don't think are that fantastic as far as sci-fi, but they just because of the fact that I've only watched three of these shows, they they fit into the list. Um, that being Grill's Frontline, I thought it was. A, a solid um, entry. Um, I love uh, Girls Frontline. Uh, their artwork is absolutely fantastic. So, um, I, either way, I still really love it. Um, Worlds in Harem, goofy, etchy show, um, but it is technically futuristic. I do kind of like the idea of the concept of um, using the um, the man killer virus to kind of change the dynamics of the world and, and stuff like that. And then delving into the, um, morality of the 1 million to one, uh, man thing that they were doing in that may makes it an interesting kind of delve into ideas of that. Um, and then of course, like Andrew mentioned earlier, my number one is cyberpunk edge runners. I absolutely think it's a fantastic story. I really love the delving into the science in in this slight uh, just ahead of future um, 
setting and all that stuff. I love the cyberpunk uh, aesthetic anyway. So yeah, uh, absolutely fantastic. It's time for the other one that Chris is not going to like, the horror psychological category. <laughs> the one that Chris wants to stay far, far, far away from. But no, there's there's actually a few in here that you actually watch. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think you watch more of these in Sci-Fi Mecca, which is surprising. Chris was doing good. Chris pushed himself. Everybody clapped for Chris. He did good. Uh, in the psych- horror psychological, I have Love of Kill, Tomodachi Game, Prima Doll, Classroom of the Elite 2, Made in Abyss 2, Shadow House Second Season, and Summertime Rendering. God, this sucks because there's like two, two real, no, actually technically three really good ones. Everything else is like whatever. There's just three really, really good ones. Um, but technically one isn't as heavy into it. Oh, this is going to be so... Which one so do I hate the tough, least? Right. <laughs> well, see, the the one that you hate the most is should be highest because that's that's when you know it's doing it right because you don't like it. No, that would really really screw everything up. Trust me. <laughs> Again, I'm gonna try to push myself into the specific category itself, not necessarily the show that's best, which is pretty much like ask asking me which is my favorite baby, and that's that's a tough thing, and that's again what we're gonna get into with the top of the year for sure. Um, I, I'm gonna. I know this is gonna make some people mad, but I'm gonna put this up here. That's gonna make some people super mad. No, I'm gonna put this right here. Which think, one was Love to Kill? That was the one with the the assassin guy that uh, and the saber faced lady that was a bounty hunter. The romance that was super dark, really dark romance. I must not have watched it. I, I doubt it. it. I doubt. I don't think. I think I'm the only person in the entire Western world that watched Love of Kill. <laughs> uh, it it was interesting. It was interesting. I think that, I think that's good. I think that's good in my opinion. I think I think that's uh. God, I feel like I'm missing something. This is one of those categories where I'm like, there's probably something I'm missing. Like, there's probably. I mean, you could technically put Love Flops in here as well, but. Again, God, if you no, liked, if you liked, don't. if you liked fluff flops, <laughs> you could put that in there. It tried to do something, Chris. It, hey, it tried. It, it definitely tried. tried. Do, <laughs> it tried to do something. Um, I think that's it. I guess that I feel like I'm missing something. There's probably like 15 people at least that are screaming at their speakers about something. Probably much more than that. You can technically do Executioner Way of Life. It wasn't heavy, but it, it did get dark at times. Especially with Pandemonium. <laughs> especially with Pandemonium at the end. See, and that the, the, the problem is that I mean, and that's what I, what I why I was saying the ones that I hate the least, it, it's the like the, the bottom two of these these of my list is it goes into that that issue of that me and Andrew point out here and there of the um, the character who what it was all according Kekaku. to Kekaku it, Kekaku characters I I hate I hate that because <laughs> it's it it doesn't allow for the psychological side of this and, and that that is a the mind games the mind games and, and the mind chess 
I don't mind a character who's holding back his cards, but make make their their kikaku if you want to go go with that. Make it more believable, and that's that's the one thing that I I do absolutely despise of this. Okay, I saved my list. I saved my list, remembering a show right at the very end. <laughs> so, I was gonna put Love of Kill on my list, but then something else popped in. Andrew's list is gonna be far more interesting than mine. So always, let me get it's get always mine. more interesting. Let me get mine out of the way. Um, I've got number five is uh, Classroom of the Elite. Um, number I don't have a lot to say about these two, so be <laughs> be done with it. Uh, Tomodachi Game is waterboarding my number four. cute girls. Uh, do you talk about that? <laughs> Um, then I, then I've got, um, where, where the list actually is beginning for me, um, summertime rendering. Um, it, it, it does have some very interesting psychological bends to a lot of this stuff. And and I do really like it for that. Um, there, there is the aspect of, like I had mentioned when I, I think when I was doing the, the review of this, I, I, didn't much get as excited about it as Andrew did, but there was some things that did did excite my my thinking process. One of those being, I would really like a time game type chess match, and this is kind. It kind of does that to a point, and enough that it made me go, "This is what I want to see." And that is one thing that I will give summertime rendering. If anything, is I like the idea of the mind games involved in the time uh, constraint uh, loop type aspect of summertime rendering. Um, number th- two is going to be Shadow House. I think the characters are absolutely phenomenal, and I really like the idea of um, toying with the um, what is uh, a person, what is the shadows, and, and, and a lot of that stuff in the psychological horror-ish bend. I, I say horror-ish. It's not very horror-substantial, uh, uh, but it definitely does have that psychological bend to it, for sure. Um, and then, of course, Made in the Abyss is pure torture porn. So, um, yeah, uh, that's my list. I have number five... For the big shock for everybody, like I said, it, it kicked off Love a Kill. We almost had Love a Kill in here, but I really hate the ending of Love a Kill. But I think it does technically play off a little bit of psychological and just pretty much kind of messed up people. Like, that's literally a romance between two messed up people. And that was the reason why I was kind of intrigued by it, even though it had so many flaws. But no, my number five just came in at the last minute. Kakagurity Twins. Yes, Andrew is putting <laughs> Kakagurity in his list. But I'm it. it, it Obviously, for me, for those that know, I, I really do like the girl that's the main character of the spinoff series. I enjoyed her in the original series, so when they had a full series of just her, I was for it. But no, it's it's always a a show about mind games. Um, it's, it's a lot in people's heads about tricking the opponent when you're playing a game against them. It's never about playing the game good. It's just about cheating good. <laughs> um, and it, it did that stuff really decently well. It was it was easily my favorite part of the Kakagurity franchise I wasn't a huge fan of the original series it was fine but I enjoyed it uh, number four I have classroom elite as much as I hate again I do appreciate a writer that's willing to get dark with its characters um, and again waterboarding cute characters um, number three shadow house second season absolutely love it it's a fascinating concept the mansion itself is super intriguing and what it puts the characters through is heartbreaking but heartbreaking but at the same time really intriguing it's it's the stuff you don't want to look at but you look at because it's so intriguing and i've just 
am fascinating the fact fascinated by the fact that it just seems to continue to give me really interesting concepts. Um, Made in Abyss for number two. Yes, it's it's horror. It's massive horror. It's terrible. It's gruesome. And at the same time, it's hard not to look away from it's because it's super fascinating. And this writer uh, needs to be put into a loony bin. <laughs> number one, I have a uh, summertime render. Love the series. Uh, I love the cat and mouse game. They pretty much have throughout the entirety of it. Um, it gets really into the head of the characters. I love that concept. It's not it's not deep with backstories of characters themselves, but just seeing their current now struggles with what they're dealing with, um, especially Sensei, was really, really fantastic. I, I love a lot of the later parts of it. Hated the ending, the last two episodes, but it was a fine wrap-up. Like, it didn't, it didn't make me hate the entirety of the story. It was just one of those kind of, eh, I wish this was a little bit better. But overall, like, it was every week. I could not wait for the next episode. I had to have it. I had to know what was going to happen next. It's it's one of those series that really rewards you for noticing things. So um, I'm going to stop blabbing on because I've reviewed this several times. So <laughs> there you go. Comedy. I have to say, this year's comedy was so great. Like, I almost feel like last year was kind of weak. This year's like there's so much good comedy, like really good comedy. Um, even shows that aren't focused on comedy are really good. But I think it's it's good to have like this plethora of pure comedy series. And again, that's what we're we typically go for is stuff that really does hit comedy as a focus. Um, we got Dress Up Darling, Realist Hero, Princess Connect Redive, Teasing Master. Uh, Katakagi-san, The Genius Prince's Guide to Raising a Nation, In the Land of Liddell, Slow Loop, Life in, with an Ordinary Guy who reincarnated as a fantasy knockout, Police in a Pod, Miss Ko, uh, sorry, Kuroitsu, uh, Spy X Family, Kaguya-sama Love is War Ultra Romantic, Ka- uh, Kami-san, Can't Communicate, Season 2, Daily Live, I guess, Ahenan-san, Science Fell in Love, Love After World Domination, The Demon Girl Next Door, In the Heart of Konichi Sabaki, Don't Hurt Me, Hurt Me My Healer, RPG Real Estate, Healer Girl, Kaginato, Josh and Chan, Dropkick, uh, When Will Ayuma Make His Move, Call a Knight, and the uh, the maid I hired recently is Mysterious, Uzaki-chan, Villainous, Taming the Final Boss, Love Flops, Immoral Guild, Uncle from Another World, Aru Asa, Dummy Head Mike, and Romantic Killer. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so many. So many. Yes, Uncle from Another World will be allowed. It's literally 12 or 13 episodes. It's, it's pretty much done. And I don't think the last episode is going to be... I guess they can leave on a lot of funny notes. But they've kind of built up a dramatic beat. So it might be more focused on character and action for the final episode, for the climax. But we'll see. It could have a really funny moment. Um, I don't think that there's anything that's going to beat what I am already think is number one. So I think that's the easy one. It's just beyond that. Like I said, it's going to be really... Well, there's two really good ones. But beyond that, I think it's going to be a really a big struggle with what has the most laughs. Like even with Kaguya-sama, it's like half of it was technically like romance and, and drama. So it's kind of interesting in that regard. That's, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm in the, the stuck point of a lot of this. When I, when I'm going through the list, it's like, I, I busted up laughing at one one episode of Josh and Chan. That's, that would be like if you had uh, Made Wars on here. I busted up laughing that first episode, but the rest of it, it was like, man, whatever. Um, in, in a lot of these cases, yeah, I chuckle here and there, 
But when it comes down to it, what is a show? I mean, I when I think of a funny show, or when I when I go with comedy, it's like um, the one that blew me away was um, uh, the the cool guy, and that that cool guy. Every 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 episode was. Just Saka- laughing. Sakamoto. Sakamoto. Uh, Haven't you heard? I'm Sakamoto. It, and that one, that one broke the mold as far. And, and that that's that's when I'm I'm thinking of a comedy that just hits and hits and hits. And no, you, you're you're going to have a hard time having a show do that every season. But um, sometimes it, it it's labeled comedy, and you're like. Okay, uh, I see the funny there. I know that's gonna be that's supposed to be funny, but it's not not getting me. In a lot of these cases, you you're stuck in this point of what is actually funny and what is actually you know that it's supposed to be funny and whether or not it's hitting. Um, well, that's the difficulty thing that we're having here, and this is something that has to be noted. Obviously, comedy is subjective, and right. what works for some person is not gonna work for somebody else. I there was people talking about how um, Akiba made war, made him laugh all the way through. And I'm like, I, it didn't for me, unfortunately. It's not that it's bad. <laughs> Mob Psycho. A lot of people laugh like crazy with that show. And it hit here and there, but it wasn't like hilarious for me. I mean, it's going to be different for everybody. It's This is going to be, this made me laugh. Pure and simple. But no, I, I will say there's like three, there's like three pure comedies in my list. And everything else is sort of balancing with something else. But I think I got them pretty good in order of what really hits. But, yeah, my number five I have is My Dress Up Darling. Again, it's one of those ones where it's more romance and stuff kind of mixed in there. It's slice of life-ish. But it, when it when it made when it made the funnies, it freaking got me. Like, I was just rolling. Like, the whole, like, for instance, the very beginning segment you have where, she shows off this dress that she made and she's super happy about it. And he literally just <laughs> drills into her about how bad it is. And it's like, it makes sense because he's so passionate about this and he sees that there's obviously flaws there. Um, it was, it was fantastic. It, it was just the whole scene with him and the, they were in the abandoned school doing the shoot and he gets too close to what's her face and she starts freaking out. It's got some really funny moments. The, the whole aspect of him having to watch this super lewd show or visual novel. Yeah. It's good. When the comedy's there, it hits. Um, my number four I got is Congenado. This is, again, another one of those ones that's very pure comedy. It's very referential comedy. It's literally key studio properties in a comedy bit. And it pulls it off. It Just like the first season, It just it's not afraid of making fun of itself. And it's not afraid of making fun of the, the fandom behind the visual novels and the properties of key. And it does it really well. I don't think the second season was as good as the first season, but it was still really, really good. So... And just all the gold jokes. Stop with the gold jokes. <laughs> Go to... Uh, my number three, I got Kaguya-sama Love is War. Like I said before, the only reason it's three is mainly because it's not pure comedy again. Um, it was very much so trying to build up into the confessions and stuff like that. Um, it was very... The romance got in the way of the comedy. Not that it's a bad thing. I'm open for them. And also there was a, quite a bit of the... More so in this season than before, there was quite a lot of the skits that didn't work as well. But when it hits, it's just hilarious. Like the whole line thing and the reds and the notifications and all that kind of stuff was hilarious. Um, Still really, really fun, fantastic series. And the narrator makes it. 
Now, again, like the last two are pretty much getting into full-on comedies, and they did a great job. Number two, I have Immoral Guild. <laughs> it's super etchy, borderline H. Um, I, I keep liking it to interspecies reviewers where it's like they have – it's borderline. Like it just barely tips over that line. So it's super, super, super risque, super spicy. And I loved it. It was super funny. I, I thought it was just going to be pure etchy, but I actually laughed – way too much watching that show like the writing is so good um i i had way too many laughs out of it really loved it and the characters are great toxico's best girl and my number one for anybody that doesn't know me uncle from another world yes <laughs> we're finally i'm finally going to knock it down as it being a fall show i'm tired of the delays it's been 12 or 13 episodes it's pretty much done and i don't feel like once it rolls out its last episode i don't really want to put it in that season but no, it's super good. Every the, Uncle from Another World is one of the rare cases of a comedy. I, I don't think I've had a comedy like this since probably Konosuba, where it's gut laugh. Like it just it's going deep into my belly, pulling out this gut laugh. And I loved every single episode of it. And yes, every now and then getting some cute little moments of the characters, the rom- romance that always falls apart into a comedy beat. Um, I love it. The comedy's on point. It's these sekai jokes. It's Fish out of water jokes. It's Sega jokes, gaming jokes, um, especially a lot of the, a lot of my childhood comedy uh, Sega jokes. Like lots of Guardian Heroes reference. Like this, this writer loves Guardian Heroes, and I loved Guardian Heroes, so it, a lot of that stuff hits as well. Um, but even if you're not a retro gamer fan, I think a lot it's gotten more mix of like the fantasy slash Isekai jokes, which are really really spot on point. So and Elf is amazing. So yeah. Yeah, um, I've got Kaganato, uh season two as my number five. I I I'm right in along with Andrew. I I absolutely love the jokes involved in that show. I mean, I and I I absolutely agree. the 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 biggest issue with that one is is the fact that it's so key specific. You have to know key properties to appreciate the humor in that show so it, it, it's it's hard for me to place it any higher than that because i know it with the comedy is subjective thing i love it because of those jokes because i know the 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 references that they're making and i think that they when they hit them they hit them out of the park it, it is absolutely fantastic um, I, I in, in particular preferred the second season over the first season, but both of them are absolutely fantastic. Um, Uncle from Another World, um, I agree with Andrew. The, the, the comedy involved in that, it, the, the Sega references, the um, making fun of the, uh, the fish out of water aspect of it, it's almost a, a kind of a cultural reference of uh, pointing out the absurdities of the world that as it is today and and how somebody from that that time frame looking at it today and be like you 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 commented on my my uh my youtube uh video and all that stuff i i, I think it does absolutely fantastic um i absolutely love kaguya-sama that's my number three um more of before um yeah i i agree with andrew it's not quite as funny as it was the first two seasons but it's still that that's that's like taking it from down from a uh, 10 to a 9 it's still fantastic especially when it hits um i had an i absolutely love the awkward nature of the characters in that and i i think that it did absolutely fantastic with the 
um, the kind of obsessive nature of, uh, of some of the things that I hadn't uh, got into, um, some of the subversion of the later, later episodes, I think it absolutely has been fantastic. And then, of course, uh, Immoral Guild, I rolled several times during the, a lot of those oh, episodes. ouch. Yeah. Is there anything it, in the way? Uh, I did hit the, the desk one time. Um, well, it, this is like you're watching it and something. Oh, God, I roll. Yeah, exactly. It, oh, it, God, it was God, crazy. God. <laughs> Hang out. Uh, all right. To the category that you will only find here. Well, there's a, there's other groups that are doing it now. So they're copying us. Um, the harem category. Because <laughs> harems are great. And we want to make sure that we highlight them. And I, I think another case of those ones that feels like it's getting a little bit of a resurgence. I, I think we've... We've kind of seen a drop in just pure harem shows for a while now. But, of course, the qualifier here being, obviously, there's two or more people that are after the main character. That's going to be your 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 aspect of harem. So, yeah, I, I think we had a, a solid year again of, 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 of particularly harems. I will. I'm struggling a little bit, but again, this is going to be. One of those ones where I kind of had to put aside my my love for certain shows and kind of more focus strictly on if somebody's looking for a harem, they know what they're looking for. And this is going to kind of provide that enjoyment of one character with a bunch of girls coming after them. So my number five, I have Beast Tamer. I the harem is about the only thing I enjoyed about that show. <laughs> I'm going to be perfectly honest. I the main character was a very blank, uh, just a good guy. And which is fine. He's a good guy, so you support the girls being okay with him. Uh, but he he's got the harem because he's a good guy, and that that works. So, but the, like I said before, I didn't care much for the overall story. the The quote unquote antagonist character was kind of blah. But the the thing that kept me watching it was the girls, the harem. That was the the treasure that I loved. All these girls, I think they. They did a great job of animating them. They were super cute. We had animal girls, elf girls, fairy girls, all that kind of stuff. Do we have elf girls? Hmm? Do we have elf girls? No, we didn't have elf girls. Never mind. Cross the elf girl part. Dragons, cat girls, fairies, uh, kimono uh, or, or, or fox girls, and dragon girls. So, yeah, no elf girls. Sorry. But, no, it, <laughs> it was a good cast of girls, and I really did enjoy them. That was the, they, were the, they were the reason why I enjoyed it. Um, so going on my number four, I have Engage Kiss. I had issues with the ending. I hated the whole fact that it kind of segued into a mobile game. Um, but other than that, it was a it was a fun harem show. I mean, very action oriented. Very it got a little psychological with the characters, which I think it kind of again missed opportunity. But it was cool. Like I liked the whole aspect of losing your 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 friendships and stuff, which I guess I could have probably put that in the psychological category, but. Again, it wasn't wasn't very well nailed, but I enjoyed it, especially for the the harem aspect of it. And they they got super harem-y right at the end. But uh, yeah, number three, if you're looking for a harem, Afreta, it's there. Tons of girls after one guy. <laughs> um, I will say that the second season wasn't as good as the first season. Uh, it kind of fell off a little bit for me, but it's still it's it's one of the very uh, few very harem oriented shows. So. There you go. Day Day Live 4 for my number two. I, I think this season was probably one of the better seasons of, of Day Day Live. I've, I've always been very mixed on the franchise, especially around certain characters. 
but they really did kind of ramp things up with number uh, the the fourth season. It's kind of one of those few, few cases of the harem makes sense to the story, which is interesting. It's always interesting. And my number one I have is a moral guild because again, it's an amazing series. I love it to death. All the girls are cute. I love all the chemistry of each one of them. Um, each one individually has their own quirk, and I think they really nailed the comedy around them. Um, a very quickly broke Sundete. Uh, got the lovey dovey drunk type. <laughs> you have all these different types of characters. Um, and again, Toxico, best girl. So, yeah. Chris is, Chris is going to be spending some time on this sucker. And if he puts a certain show in his list, I'm going to throw something. That, that's the only one that I'm <laughs> I'm debating on whether or not I because I I, I have a spot for it. I, it's 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 the only one that I would really love to put in here, but I can't, can't because if I if I do it based on you have to only do it by the title. It's not necessarily definition by it. I agree. If I go by the, the very show, last episode. If I go by the show, I technically can't because it has not reached our rule of three or. Uh, I'm going to give you an out, Chris. Technically, the last episode. He no, had I, it. I understand that, <laughs> but that was a clip aspect. I know. And it I wasn't. Know. It, I'm trying to be fair here. Right. And well, that, I mean, to your point there is that, that we're talking about Harriman Labyrinth in another world, by the way, for people that are completely confused. I agree, and it, that was my whole point of why what frustrated me about the show was that where's the harem? Like, to the point of we're doing a harem list here, where's the harem? The entire show was where's the harem? Um, but yeah, but they were. In, to be fair, they were taking their time on the yeah. on the um, source material. They weren't they weren't rushing it per se. I was three. In, Three, three or more girls, right? Because if it's just two, then it's yeah, just a love. It's triangle. just a love triangle. Yeah. So I was incorrect there because I was like, I was, about, I was about to say technically, what three quarters way in? He did have two, but I and that's that's and that's the exact reason. I mean, uh, I'm quitting heroing was technically, yes, it did kind of end up in the three care uh, three girl care category a little bit later in the show, but even them, they were not really per se uh, actively pursuing yeah. um oh shoot it's anyway I, I i i did technically back then look forward to that moment where chris would be like i really like this show but or the story but is not definition of that so it sucks i will give i will give a an audible mention to couple cuckoos if you're looking for a just a straight up very vanilla uh, harem show technically couple cuckoos is a really good case of that i just i was bored out of my mind watching it so but that's just me i know a lot of there's a lot of people out there that really really liked it but for me it just didn't work so it, truth be told i did enjoy it but it wasn't as good as it could have been it's 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 one of those frustrating things i i'm just gonna say four episodes because i definitely am not putting rent a girlfriend in here <laughs> i was about to say rent a girlfriend go to the trash can we're not putting rent a girlfriend in here yeah rent of girlfriend goes on the very bottom of the trash list <laughs> <laughs> tell us how you really feel chris i despise the main character um where's engage i kiss? don't much you didn't watch engage kiss no, I dumped it, or I, I stopped. I, I fell off of it very early. I, well, I got about halfway through it, truth be told. 
I got, I got to the point where a love scene was, and then I, I didn't continue after that. What about your how I seen, hero I, rebuilt I, the kingdom? I caught what the the trick was, and it irritated me. Genius Prince didn't really have a harem. It was like two. He was he, that Unless one you was one sister. of the, Well, no, honestly, it did actually get into harem levels, but and and that's one of the few that actually does have Prince's guile. Genius Prince did. Oh. Um, yes, uh, it, how, they huh? Who all was in his harem? The princesses. He was going from place to place, and they were becoming a oh, part you're, of... Oh, no, you're talking about Realist Hero, but he built the kingdom, season two. I'm talking about Prince, Genius Prince, the one where he was his nation's in debt, and he's up in the north, and then at some point that one girl shows up that he met at the academy. No, and it, that was the, the one. Was with him. He never went to all the, the princesses. He went to another another you're... kingdom, and that, that was the... Uh, she was dressed as a boy. Did you not finish it? I finished Genius Princess. I didn't finish How a Realist Hero Rebuilt the Kingdom Season 2. Realist Hero is the one that had the um, the crystals and stuff like that. And that one ha- definitely had a harem. The yeah. other one was a harem, but it was... And that one was actually viable harem. They were actually... Uh, they were set... Because that was the one that... Um, uh, in the, the, the last arc, they uh, I, I met, mentioned that uh, Rikagimiya was in it. I don't know yeah, if you're mixing things up no, or I'm missing it. The silver hair girl was in that one. Yeah. Yeah. That was the, the the one that he saved, so she really likes him. And they sold the series on the thighs and they never had the thighs. Yes. That was the one. Because the that that is Rukajimia's that's Rukajimia's uh daddy. Oh yeah, I guess they had the the yeah, the um the childhood the girl friend, that was the, the, the glutton girl. The glutton girl is is Rikajimia. She wasn't. She wasn't. No, after no. Him. The one before she technically did not fall into the category. The one before her, the 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 boy um, type girl. Um, Zeno. The one that was a part of the re- rebellion. Yes. She fell in love with him no. too. Yes, she did. No, she wasn't actually. You, you're stretching now, no. but that's fine. If you want something to throw in there, go that one for was, it. That I'm one was one say. of the few. That one was one of the few that I would categorize as a believable harem. I'll I'll let you have it, but I I can't I can't back that one. Maybe in the second season it'll get that realm, but I don't really feel like it was in that realm. Plus, again, it goes back to that whole aspect of harem elements. Like, does it feel like a harem or does it just feel like he's a prince and obviously he's going to have a lot of possible political love interests? Yeah. Yeah. And they're they're not going to have all these girls in one room, all these princesses from the nations in one room with him. I mean, they could because it's anime, but (laughs) that's typically not going to happen for political reasons. And yeah, the dangers of essentially all these kingdoms losing their their heirs. So. But yeah, I will. You are correct. I will go ahead and fill my last spot with Realist Hero. I think I do think that that one was a solid harem. I should never have mentioned it. It was <laughs> it was silly, but it it did have a solid harem. Go for it then. He, you got it. Is is it in yeah, order? I'm a, I'm gonna go with this. Um, number five, I've got Love Flops. There is a lot of goofy harem fun in that one. That show for sure. Um, then I've got number four is day day live. It's it, like Andrew was mentioning, it's not as solid, uh, on the harem elements as it was in the first couple of seasons. However, it's getting deeper into 
their kind of mechanics slash backstory slash real story, if you want to call it that. Um, so it's kind of deviating and focusing more on that rather than the harem elements in itself. But the harem is still very much a core part of that story. Um, next, you, I've got D- Beast Tamer. Really love that show. I love the characters in that. Um, and it, it does a solid um, solid excuse for dragging these char- these girls together to uh, form his harem. Um then I've got, like I said, Realist Hero. I I I really do love that uh, that storyline, and I love the whatever excuse that they're having to get him, all these other girls interested in him. Um, and then my top is going to be easily Immoral Guild. That checks all the boxes. Let me let me hit Andrew. That uh, checks all the display cases. <laughs> um, it checks all the boxes. He got so him. excited. He <laughs> swung his arm so wide. He hit a cabinet. It checks all the boxes for the harem slash etchy aspect, which etchy easily fits really comfortably into a harem story. So absolutely love it. So that's where we get into our debate, because, yes, our next category is another one that you won't really find anywhere else, which is etchy, because we watch etchy. Um, The problem that we're facing this year more than ever is we have a lot of that are not necessarily etchy, but pretty much H. Um, So how do we want to handle that? Like, I, I guess it's technically from my, my vantage point, really, it's only Harem and Labyrinth and Another World. It's like, is that really etchy or is it just straight up? Because whenever it goes to that realm, it's just it goes there. So it's not like when we think of etchy, it's like that whole aspect of like, it's the, sh- you know, the underskirt shot. It's the, you know, maybe a, a slip out the chest or something like that or clomping on somebody and the lucky letcher kind of stuff. It's typically not just like, OK, we're in a room. Bam, let's do it. And that's not really necessarily etchy, in my opinion. It's just H. And so how do we want to handle that? It, it kind of makes me not want to put harem in this list, even though some people might consider it being etchy. I don't think it is classified etchy. And and that I, I would agree with you. It's it's one of those uh, issues that um, when people when when people were even talking about it and they were they were saying, well, it uh, it, it, it world's ends the same. Yeah, I think World's End has more etchy in between. The Mostly H. because dude is trying to avoid it. Yeah. But when it comes down to it, any of the actual scenes, they they're just flat out in that category. It's 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 frustrating because um, I I don't even categorize it as the other one or as H. Mostly because of the fact that I don't I don't particularly see that uh, that story as a. Um, as the main focus, which which when you go get into H, that's what it is. That the 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 there's those scenes, and then something that keeps it flowing as some kind of a storyline, just so that you have a reason to have those scenes. Harem and a labyrinth is not. It doesn't even categorize as that because it's just a part of his life. He's, yeah. he's doing these things. He's exploring the labyrinth and then he goes home. Reward to his, Yeah. His reward, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. The, the storyline is more in, in the impact than the fact that he's, it's part of his life. It's, it's one of those frustrating things is I, I wouldn't categorize it as 
etchy and I wouldn't categorize it H. It's a story that just ha- happens to have sex in it. Um, I'm sorry. H in it. H in it. Come on. We got a, got a YouTube friendly. You already said prawn earlier, <laughs> which I don't know. YouTube algorithms can probably pick up prawn too. Um, I think I'm good then. Cause like I said, I'm going to, I'm going to kick out worlds in harem, even though that one technically did have some, some etchy in between. It's just, that's what it's kind of going for. And again, etchy is more for like teases and just peaks. It's, it's the tease basically. Um, whereas yeah, H is just all out. So with that in mind, like harem and labyrinth and, and worlds in harem kind of gets booted, which kind of leaves me with, I think my list. Mm. Yeah, like even Engage Kiss had some moments, but it kind of it kind of cleaned up very quickly. Like it was it was pretty etchy early on, but then they just like I said, they kind of just forgot about it. Like it's like oh, now we're gonna take ourselves seriously. Now we gotta sell a mobile game. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm good. I'm gonna start off with uh, my number five is Shinny Ketosin. I I was kind of happy to see Ketosin come back because it was kind of a it's kind of a relic of pastime. The whole action whatever things break, we're still going to fight it out. So you just have these, these ladies that are just kind of falling out, but they're like, I don't care because literally we're going to kill each other. Um, it was, it was, it's kind of one of those, uh, it's kind of the killing bites thing. It's just something that we're kind of losing in anime anymore, which is kind of unfortunate, but it is what it is. My number four, but at the same time, not the greatest show ever. So that's why it's on the four, the five area. Um, plus you got to watch the original series to kind of get what the hell's going on. Um, just took way too long to get that second season out. But anyways, uh, Vermilion Gold is my number four. I enjoyed Vermilion Gold. I think it was a really, a really solid, etchy show. Um, basically, the only thing that kind of ruined it was the main character's annoying as hell. He's He is a typical harem protagonist. Whoa, no, these things are near me. But I like the the childhood friend. I, I I agree with your your point on uh, Killing Bites. I But that, that it brings up an interesting question. Um I, I, strangely enough, uh, and, and forgive anybody who, who sees this different, forgive me. Um, the, what do you categorize? Because I, to me, etchy, like you were mentioning, is kind of tease. Um, it's the, like, like you're, like you were mentioning the show, don't partake. Yeah. The, 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 the oops, I tripped and, 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 and the skirt went flew up a little bit too high that kind of stuff um but i've i've always had this odd um conundrum with what i would categorize as um action fan service i it is the closest i i would call it like like um killing bites while it did have some etchy in it it was more the action um Fan service is what I would call that. Um, I mean, that point what in this in list same- is even not action fan service besides maybe love flops. Everything else is going to be action fan service. If you think about it. Well, My Dress Up Darling and Love Flops. That would be the only two that are not action-oriented stuff. Like Immoral Guild even is action-oriented. They're well, fighting monsters yeah, but and the monsters get them. It's played off in a in a more comedic value. Well, every etchy in his list is played off in comedic value, if you think Shin about it. Shin and I would not put in comedic value. Sometimes. Like it's happened. Yeah. Well, in the in the original Ikitosin, even though I, I got uh, shunned for saying that it was comedic, um, 
I would have put that more in, in, in comedic. Shin and Ketosin tries to get serious. It, it's, yeah. it's trying to be it's serious. It's trying to be serious. People are, it's, it's trying to make it out that people are dying. <laughs> Blades at each other's throat. People want each other dead. That kind of stuff. And uh, yes, a lot of side characters dying because they're not cute hot chicks. Mm-hmm. So you can't but, kill the cute w- hot chicks. But it would, do you think that Echi is more um, that action-oriented uh fan service as well would you would you consider that by the pure definition of etchy it is just pervert so the things that you look at while a story is playing out whether it be serious or not being serious it's just it's there because you're like, looking at it like for instance um uh ship girls immediately comes to mind um ken Cully, where yes it does technically get into that realm but it is more for the action it's it's because parts of her armor are being blown off um but i wouldn't put that in the same category as um the armor girls that that we watched a few seasons ago it was it um where they were making fun of the fact that the armor only protects so much and and the the less armor is is makes it stronger but we all know that that was for the the etchy fan service aspect of it, where it's just goofy, uh, making fun of the goofy lewdness of that that stuff. Where where it is, I mean, do we should we just dump everything together, or should we just uh, consider those two different aspects? Because I wouldn't. The main it's reason why it's I'm always going to come down to the volume of it. I mean, depending on if you watch a show and it's giving you enough, and you know what it's going for. Why not? I don't see why not. If I if I think that Shinny Katosin is showing me plenty of what I feel like is teasing of those, you know what they're going for. Right. <laughs> but whether it's in a serious setting or not, I mean, yes, if Shinny Katosin got super brutal and dark and characters are literally getting, you know, limbs chopped off, I wouldn't see it as a fun, etchy show. Yeah. Shinny Katosin, even though it's going for serious, is a fun, etchy show. Um, whether the tone is dark or not, that's... Yes, it's going to all come down to what you think is actually providing it in a satisfying way. Well, the, it, it, in in more along the lines of one is tantalizing, one is teaseful. It, it is to me two very different sensa- er, sensations. I guess is a bad mm. word, but a two different um, <sighs> conflicting. I guess emotion in involved it, to me, and maybe I'm I'm digging into it too much, but I I find that fun to consider anyway. I mean, you're, you're talking about basically moe versus just serious. Yeah, yeah, and it, it, it works both ways for me. I I think etchy in general is just going to be a it's a tease aspect. It's show but don't don't partake kind of thing, and that's why I mean that with, with kicking out other aspects of things like hair and labyrinth and stuff is just it's just. It went to business. Like, it wasn't about... Again, I, I think Etchy is a different thing than H. Like, it's yeah, a fearly different absolutely. thing. Because it's always a a tease. Leave a little bit to your imagination. Just show a little bit, but don't get into it. And I think that's... It's always been... Honestly, in the most cases, it's more enjoyable for me than something like an, a straight-up H. Because H is just kind of like, okay, that's that's what you're going for. Whereas Etchy is more creative and whatnot. So, I guess there's probably plenty of hentai that gets very creative you went through your your <laughs> list i don't know you you cut me off with vermil and gold apparently you didn't want me to talk about vermil and gold which was my number four uh i i 
not a huge fan of Vermil herself. I think she's great in in certain regards. I, I loved her character, and I think they did some cool stuff with her. But obviously, for me, it was the other girl with her invisibility potions and having to take off everything in order to <laughs> walk around. That was the good etchy for me. Uh, my number three would dress up darling, which I, I think, yes, overall, it's more romance slice of life, you know, all that kind of stuff. But gosh, the etchy was good. Like, it was super good. They weren't they were not afraid of really getting comfortable with her. And I always like especially that aspect of, oh, they're comfortable with it. And they get that one little borderline moment, which always makes it even better when you see that point where, oh, there's she does have limits. Um, again, it, it plays out the etchy perfect and it doesn't it doesn't overdo it. To the point where it feels like you've kind of seen everything, which I think is really fantastic as well. Um, Uncle from Another World, Elf, 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 Elf. And by the way, Elf. Every scene with Elf. <laughs> the massage scene. Oh, it was so good. Um, they got super spicy with Elf. I love her to death. Um, just beautiful character. And I, I think they, they nailed all those scenes. And yes, technically with Mabel and, and the hero as well. Especially the later part with the hero was really good i i it's so great to have a series that really well balances comedy and the the world itself plus having this edgy in there that just kind of pretty much every single episode just tease you with something and every time it does it it does it so well it doesn't over say it's welcome kind of thing so similar to dress up darling it doesn't overstay it's welcome it gives you enough and then it moves on and it's it's good in that regard because it doesn't again become like oh, okay let's see more angels for angles of her but yeah and then, yes, of course, number one, Immoral Guild. Uh, again, like I said before, it's basically interspecies reviewers. Um, really borderlines a lot of that stuff, but doesn't go over the line, which is the important thing. And, um, yeah, Toxico again. The scene with Toxico. I, I, can't I don't know. Not, the argument. I can't not unsee the, the scene with Toxico and the, the, to, the, the detoxifying him. I don't know. I, I, I think I could make the argument for the vine breaking the 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 line at in the latter episodes i like the i like the, <laughs> the sandwiching between the two of them but she's like uh you tell her that you don't like this oh, oh yes yeah that's right i don't like this <laughs> i love that crap oh this got is it is some of the best etchy comedy like of this entire list of all these shows that one nailed etchy comedy like i said uncle from another world is straight up comedy but specifically, etchy comedy, Immoral Guild pulls it off so well. It was so refreshing. It was again, I, it's something I haven't really seen. Like the last time I seen something this good was Interspecies Reviewers, and before then, it's been a long time that I've seen these really great etchy shows that has great comedy in it. So, on my list, I've got number five is Data Live. Um, the the only real reason for this is because it, it did go into lady. huh. Just the mangaka, lady. yeah, the mangaka. But they were <laughs> they were going into um, a darker character, and so a lot of the etchy stuff kind of got set to the side, um, mostly for the digging into the storylines. So um, that's why it ended up being a lot lower. Day Day Live does some fantastic etchy all around. So, but take that into consideration. Um, for number four, I've got my dress up darling. Like Andrew had mentioned, and, and I think that it, it, it says a lot about this, this, this dress up darling has this fantastic, um, playing off of what etchy is in, in, in a lot of cases. It is 
something that teases the fan service. And you have a character that you are built up. Um, you fall in love with that character and then just get those moments of tease. And then you go, that tease hits like way out of the park. Why? Because it's perfectly timed and it's not overdone. It's not, hey, lots and lots and lots of uh, naughty scenes in your face just to tantalize you. This is when it gives it to you, it's done perfectly and you it, you get far more payoff with that one scene than you do with it just being thrown in your face. Um, which there, there is the argument to be made for that with the moral guild and all that stuff, but that's, that's their, their aspect that they're trying for. So my dress up darling, absolutely fantastic, uh, on the etchy side, uh, vermilion gold. If I give this show nothing else, I give it, uh, some etchy vermil is absolutely, um, very much an etchy character. So yeah. Um, then we got Love Flops is number two. Um, I think that they did very well with their, a lot of their etchy scenes, especially in the uh, first few episodes. And then they got into their whole computer thing, whatever. <laughs> um, the twist. Then, uh, then uh, of course, I, I, I'm obviously in agreement with Immoral Guild on number one. Uh, th- that show is absolutely... Uh, perfect with its um with its etchy and it plays around a lot with it and um it goes very very far a lot farther than a lot of etchy shows i've seen so yeah love it let's just be honest the only reason that love flops is number two is because of one episode Ilya's episode it was too good like that (laughs) episode was too good uh let's move on to slice of life i am so happy with the resurgence of slice of life this year i i think it's absolutely incredible how many titles we got that yes a lot of these that i have in kind of the run-ups are semi slice of life but for the most part like i i think just for the pure slice of life's um i mean D- dress up darling's almost there uh tz mask talking sounds probably more comedy but like that could be sailor uniform slow loop you can sort of give some of spy x family in that category kaguya summer love is war had quite a bit of slice of life in it i had more comedy then you get things like Daiyamon, you have Heroines Run the Show, you have uh, Call the Night had a little bit in there as well, even though it went more in the supernatural. Uh, Yakuza's Guide to Babysitting, for sure. Um, Do It Yourself, Bochi the Rock, Encouragement to Climb. I'm really happy, again, again going more into the, I keep, I keep, I keep, I keep want to say <laughs> Akiba, stupid Akiba made war has been burned in my brain right now. Akebi Sailor Uniform uh, do it yourself, slow loop, boat to the rock, dress up, darling. Those again, more in the pure slice of life that I think was really incredible. So, good year for slice of life. And to top it off, not melodrama, uh, slice of life, which I always appreciate as well. So, it's gonna be tough. Actually, I, I already did it because I was what I was I was doing when Chris was doing his actually show. So, <laughs> we're gonna just keep bouncing back from each other while we're doing each other's list. There, I think there's only one. There's one other title that I might push in there. What is your thoughts on Dress Up Darling as a slice of life? I it it def, it definitely feels like it, but they, I don't know if the romance comedy kind of starts pushing it. But I think it's I mean easily classified slice of life, wouldn't you? Yeah, I would for sure. 
Um, I that that's. Let's see, I, what, I'm, let's see what Mal says, because that's the authority. Yep, Mal Mal gives a thumbs up. I'm I'm. It sucks, but I'm going to have to drop off one title that really hurts. So I'm going to give it an honorable mention. Encouragement of Climb. I absolutely love that show. I I think the only reason it kind of comes down a little bit for me is because they decided to recap all the seasons in like a condensed five episodes or so. Uh, but when it came back to the new stuff, oh gosh, I loved it. I loved it so much because the it, encouragement of climb is like the epitome of like self discovery and and pushing yourself out there and getting better and improving yourself and really all the characters that surround her and encourage her and they encourage each other. It's just it was pure joy. So, but no, let's, let's, my, my my five list would be starting off with number five, my dress up darling. And it's only five because I think the romance and the etchy and other stuff kind of outweigh a little bit more, but it was still fantastic. I love seeing the growth of Gojo as a character specifically. Modern is fantastic. I'm looking forward to another season to get more into Modern, hopefully. But it, it it's super good. It, it I love the the focus on the cosplay itself, the focus on enjoying stuff that you enjoy, the criticism of other people and still doing the, what you what you want to do, what you enjoy. So yeah, really love it. Number four, Bochi the Rock. Have to have Bochi in here. Bochi, have to have Bochi in here. I know it's going to upset some people having it at number four, but still, I, I, I love it. Four out of everything else this year is is a statement. Um, I really love Bochi. I loved Nijika. I loved all the characters in the series were Kita. Oh my gosh, I love Kita. Akita is so precious. <laughs> I love Kita. Um. Again, about anxieties and and being an introvert and getting out there and improving yourself and the band itself coming together, the art style, the artistic choices for Bochi's anxieties was fantastic. The visuals, the music, everything was so great. So, number three, slow loop, and this and here's my reasoning for this beating, but I'm gonna have to explain why every each one of these beats Bochi, obviously. Uh, slow loop hit personally like it's it's about loss it's about losing your loved one it's about moving forward it's about pretty much filling in that gap when you have something that's pretty much a pillar of your life and losing that but still learning to move on um, it did it incredibly I love the girls they're so fantastic Koi was fantastic um, again it, it hit it on a personal level and if you love Bochy the Rock please go watch slow loop because in slow loop they have a cameo of the the band which is great so these both are together. <laughs> um, but yeah, I really want a second season because I really wanted to get into a certain character that we didn't really get too much into. And it's going to be heartbreaking. Number two, do it yourself. It, I already put do it yourself above Bochi last time because I did a fall list. Um, do it yourself was special for me. It just, it felt like do it yourself like every single episode was kind of perfection. I love the character developments. I love the character dynamics between each one of them. I love how they bridged the character together and really how it kind of flowed throughout the entire story. It gave a really nice payoff at the end. It's one of those stories that you kind of assume what you're getting when you come into it, and it gives you so much more. It's All these are not the sum of cute girls and cute things. They're all really fantastic slice of life. And yes, number one, forever, one of my favorite slice of life ever, I could be Sailor Uniform. I absolutely love that series so much Ekebi is precious i love this her story about coming out from being in this 
pretty much remote town where she had no friends her age, grew up with no friends her age, and then she finally gets to go to this school with all these other girls, and she just wants to meet anybody. I, I always mention the fact that I love that later on in the series they introduce her to the stage saying she's the girl that if you if you see her and she sees you, she is going to come over and say hi. <laughs> she's just one of those people. She's She's easily somebody you can root for. You want to see her succeed. And you see her as she pushes herself and meets people. And they just all every scene with these characters together felt so natural. They have these goofy little moments where embarrassing things would happen. And every time it felt so natural and so goofy. Um, like her eating a bunch of cookies and then burping and then being super embarrassed by it. Um, it's just it's very it's very personal. It's very close and it's very natural feeling. And I just Loved every single minute of it. I cannot express enough that series is great. Um, I've got, uh, as number five, I've got Yakuza's Guide to Babysitting. Um, I think that 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 show did absolutely fantastic on capturing uh, the essence of the awkward pair um, and at the same time uh, using, using the dark past of one character and and adding this light to it to soften him. And then you have that, that overarching um, essence of him and his character growth from going from a dark, dark uh, past character into this kind of more softened um, ex uh, criminal type character. And at the same time, you have the, uh, the, the young uh, daughter of the, the Yakuza's um, uh, the head of the Yakuza her and her character growth going from this kind of more shut-in type character in in or uh introvert into a more extrovert type um open character and i really loved how they that path throughout the entire show so this the 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 character the the story behind these two characters and how how they evolve over the the course of the show is absolutely phenomenally done um and then at adding in the drama points of the past uh, coming to haunt some of the characters. So I'll leave it at that. And I, I think it's an absolute ph- phenomenal uh, show. Similarly with the De- day um, this is one of those, uh, the past is, is left in the past and, and your growth as a, in, in the moment of now. and, and appreciating those those family bonds, and I, I thought that that show was absolutely fantastic with that. Um, number three, I've got my dress up, darling. I you can't praise that show enough. I, I think that they have fantastic character moments. Um, it's it's more slower pace, uh, works very well to this kind of exploring these um, uh, the youth and 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 appreciating what you love and everything like that. Um, next one I've got at number two is, uh, Bochy the rock. I think that that explored, um, uh, introversion and extroversion absolutely fantastically, um, breaking out of your shell, all those things, um, holding on to the, the, that things you're not just instantly, uh, cured of a, of, of a, of a fear that you have just, thoroughly stuck in your in your um in yourself and and breaking out of that i think that they captured that very well um and then number one i've like andrew i've got 
Akabi's sailor uniform. I love the, the exploring youth and, um, uh, making a hundred friends or whatever it was that she was trying to do it. And, and the, the essence of the, the, such a beautiful show. I think that they did really fantastic with the art style and the, um, the color palette and all that stuff. I think it looks fantastic. The, um, the storytelling is absolutely fantastic. The, um, the, the plot lines and the drama points were absolutely on point. Fantastic show. Was it fantastic though? Um, yes. Okay. Fantastic. Fantastic. I'm glad that we found that fantastic. So next is romance. This is going to be the tough one. Cause we have like, we actually have some like pure romance for once. <laughs> we don't get, we don't get like pure romance for once. Um, and it's really just one. Uh, most of the time it's really rom-coms. Like for, unfortunately, anime doesn't really do pure romance much um it's typically always has comedy mixed in with it just to just to keep it flowing um but yeah it was so it's kind of like trying to struggle with which one of the rom-coms really sold the romance is the really the case is it is it the is the is the romance the vehicle for making the comedy or is the comedy eventually transport the romance i think that's really the best way i can put it um I think I'm good on what I'm at with it. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with this. My number five I have is Aharon-san Wahakaranai, or Aharon-san is indecipherable. Um, super cute. Really enjoyed it. And I, and I think it's the, the great thing about the series is that, yes, it's mostly focused on the comedy, but the two of them are just perfect. Like It feels like they're so perfect for each other. And... It is one of the few cases where it feels like you're getting payoff with it, uh, where typically with these rom-coms, you don't feel like you get a payoff. Um, this one does give you that payoff, and that, again, kind of helps it. And again, I think the two of them are just so perfect for each other. He's he's caring. He's he's very patient with her. At the same time, she's got these struggles with speaking out. So uh, number four, uh, I almost want to put this higher, but yeah, Romantic Killer, I'm going to put it as number four. Romantic Killer is super good. Like, I thought it was going to be a dumb Atome game in real life kind of thing. And they actually really nail these characters. The main girl is fantastic. She's likable. And like I've said before, it, it gets heavy later on in the series. And it really does shift it from being like a dumb game into like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> We're doing this. All right. <laughs> We're getting heavy now. Um, It, it nailed it. And I, I really do appreciate it. So. For my number three, I have Kage-sama Love is War, Ultra Romantic. Obviously, because more than ever, we're really kind of getting into the later parts, it seems like, with these characters. And they're still dorks like they are. <laughs> like, it was a very Kage-sama Love is War ending. Um, but, yeah, I, I really do love these characters. And we technically got, like, three different love relationships kind of really jumping into. Actually, four, if you think about it. Um, so... Yeah, the romance still the romance still kind of hits when it wants to get into it. So, number three I have or number two I have is Raven in her palace. Again, a lot of the mystery and solving these mysteries and the ghosts and stuff, the supernatural elements really do um, keep them distracted. But I think I really the thing that really sells me on the series of romance is it feels like the characters are slowly and naturally progressing their relationship through these encounters and the whole thing with the Raven consort and the Emperor. Um, I think they really nailed it. I love their interaction with each other. Every scene they're in together with each other and she's being pouty-faced, I just, I eat it up. Jusetsu is amazing. 
I mean, number one, obviously, because it is like literally the only pure romance. If you're looking for romance, you're going to watch the show. Like, <laughs> there's no other option. And that is Bibliophile Princess, which I think is um, easily my favorite. It, it is one of those ones where it feels like it's very simple early on in the romance. It feels very forced. But then over time, you're actually learning the intricacies of their relationship. You're seeing what, yes, unfortunately, the main girl completely missed. <laughs> and the main guy has always understood um, so it's kind of like a, there's a little bit of a whiplash there when you realize, wait, this, this is a little more progressed than we think it is from this angle. Um, I love it. Uh, it's, it's, it's got the doki dokies in there. It's got the, the loving relationship, the blossoming relationship, the rediscovery basically. And, uh, the ultimate build up to something that I, I fully back, like I back these, these two so much. And that's, that's again, a very rare thing to have something like this in anime anymore. So I definitely want to give it a, a, a due proper acknowledgement. Um, for number five on my side, I've got teasing master Takagi son. Um, I absolutely love their puppy love thing and just getting more of it is just, it's fantastic. Um, number th- four, I've got, uh, when will I, Yumu make his move? Um, going very similar into Takagi son, the, 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 writer absolutely knows how to do um simple relationships and that will they won't they type aspect that they they love playing with um a number three i've got aharan uh hakaranai um <laughs> it's like it, it doesn't roll off the, the no it doesn't well. at all <laughs> <laughs> um this one is in a similar vein of the uh puppy love but it it's it's a little bit more um kind of mature and it plays in that comedy aspect a lot more than the other two the other two you just kind of go oh how cute uh, but in this one you're 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 seeing this kind of like andrew had mentioned that these two just belong together you just want to see them because they 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 fit so well together um and i think that that show does it absolutely fantastic oh chris i forgot to put in that list did i put uzaki chan in there oh <gasps> Oh no! Do you want to change your list? <laughs> Sorry, they belong together as Throw that. well. Throw um, that show out the window. Chris is super mad about the ending. Yeah, so. I'm very mad about the ending. Um, but I I do love that show, and I I I don't know that I would necessarily. I mean, maybe it, it might, it might it, break out Teasing Master because Teasing Master sometimes can feel like it's more puppy love than actual yeah, romance. Yeah, it's more but, po- exactly. It, I mean, it, it, but the, a time, lot of these. What, lot, there's not much the, romance the, in Uzaki John. It's just stupid teasing back and yeah, forth. Yeah, and that's that's the funny thing is a lot of the, a lot of them are, um, when it comes down to it. I mean, I technically I would put Uzaki John in the puppy love as well. I mean, it's they're they're all doing that same vein of the um the 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 two characters are technically into each other but they they're trying to make the other one uh notice that they like and it, and and they're all three doing the exact same thing um i had it's like uh, yeah it's like ahadan was a tease um but like ayumu make his move was f- it no ahadan san was definitely um indecipherable it was definitely more not teasing whereas everything else kind of feels like a teasing style like ayumu is totally teasing it's just just constant back and forth teasing so it it gives a different feel um 
And then one more, uh, getting into number two, I've got My Dress Up Darling. I think that that is absolutely one of those shows that hits that um, two characters uh, coming together based on something, a mutual interest that they have. Um, and, and I think that that is done well. Um, so I, I absolutely love it and it, and it takes its time with it. And there, these characters are slowly falling, uh, finding interest in each other over, over the course of time. Um, and then I I am absolutely in agreement with Andrew on bibliophile princess is absolutely fantastically done. Um, the, I, 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 I want to say this, um, mostly because I think it's an important, um, aspect of one of the characters in this. Um, but at the same time, I don't want people to mis- misinterpret what I'm saying. This is for a lack of a better term, a bricks character done right. Um, th- the, the, she is not a bricks character. She's actually very smart, but she is a character that gets kind of She's a bookworm. So she's she a bookworm, so she doesn't things. have that social aspect, and so she just kind of gets pulled along in a lot of cases. And in a, in a way, I I I think that this is one of those characters that I I give her a lot of leeway in that aspect. So um, that's why I try to put that that big uh, uh, of it's the that type of character done right in the aspect of. She is being pulled along, and so if you go into that first episode or two and you're like, well, she's just, uh, I don't understand. Chris and Andrew are always complaining about the character that doesn't doesn't have any agency. She does in a different way. She's the type of character that is, um, as a consequence of her actual intelligence, she's actually making a lot of things happen, but somebody because of her social um awkwardness she does need somebody who's kind of moving her around in those situations and so in a way she's actually one of those characters that i give a lot of extra leeway so take that for what it is i absolutely love it uh, especially the ending i think that they absolutely uh knocked it out of the park with that ending um so yeah love it we're going to wrap things up here. We're kind of going on a little bit long. Uh, we will cover the rest of the categories as well as the seasonals and the anime of the year next week. Definitely appreciate everybody for listening to this segment of the 2022 Deliberations podcast episodes. As per usual, again, we're at TakuSpirit.com. That's where you can go for all of our links, social media links, Discord, all that good stuff, as well as ways that you can support us, including our Patreon, our tips link, and all that good stuff. We definitely appreciate everybody that supports the channel and the podcast. You guys mean a lot to us. Until next week. Y'all take care. Happy New Year's. Ose.